Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to see um, like what where privacy comes up. Um, so privacy comes up most strongly, and we'll see it comes up a whole bunch of other times, but it comes up most strongly in this idea of something called Hezekriya, um, which comes up um, in this Gemara Bhavabhacha, but it's basically there's this idea that you can damage something with sight, um, that if you see something that you're not supposed to see, um, then that's considered damage, damages in some way, and we'll see what that means. Um, and, and therefore, because of that, um, you might have to do certain things. Um, I mean, we'll see it right here. Um, would somebody like to read the Mishnah? Sure. Yeah. You want to read Uh, whatever you... In the courtyard which he shares with the others, a man should not open a door facing another person's door, nor a window facing another person's window. If, he is, if it is small, he should not enlarge it. He should not, not turn one into two. On the side of the street, however, he may make a door facing another person's door and a window facing another person's window. If it's small, he may enlarge or he make two out of one. Okay, so you're not allowed to put a window um, next to like an, another person's window. Um, so actually, my house, in my parents' house in Teaneck, so on one side of the house, there's a window, um, and it directly faces a window in the other person's house, and we always can see, like, they're also Jewish, and we can also see, like, you know what they're up to in their meal and like it's like just like because our our like dining room face each other but like if we were building that house or if we were building that window um based on this mishnah it would be not allowed to like make that window um it's already made it's fine yeah um to what extent maybe we should close the blinds more i don't know it's made me think about this a lot um but you guys so there's a window and like there's a window across the street right so like that you don't really need to worry about, according to the Mishnah. Um, you don't need to worry about that problem. Um, but a direct window to window site um, um, is is not allowed. So any thoughts as to like why that is? Maybe. Right. So we'll actually, yeah. So we'll see. So that's the source actually. You know, you're not even. Uh, so we'll see that in a minute. Um, that's that's literally what the Gemara says as the source for this. Um, so yeah, let's just read that. Yeah. Um, read? yeah, sure. Yeah, finish it. Whence are these rules derived, Rabbi Yochanan said, from the verse of the scripture, and Bilaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel dwelling according to their tribes. This indicates that he saw that the doors of their tents did not exactly face one another, whereupon he exclaimed, Worthy are these that the divine presence should rest upon them. So, ex exactly on target, right? So, these tents in the desert... Um, were you know weren't faced to each other, so therefore we shouldn't also face, or for the same reason we shouldn't make windows that face each other. Um, but any thoughts as to why that is? Like, short, sure, like what what's the positive value here? Like, what do you? Modesty, privacy. Right, but which it's, it's actually interesting. So it's like which one, right? Is it, is it your protection from other people saying it, or are you supposed to protect yourself from other people saying you? Right or, or right or maybe it's protecting somebody else's modesty, right? Uh, Is that what you? Yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was more to the idea of having respect for other people that you're not facing your door directly, looking inside someone else's home, which is their private abode. Right. So that's like straight up going at like the privacy. Right. I think that's definitely one option, and it, it's kind of how the Rambam and the Halacha takes it. Mm -hmm. um, I think other options though are, it's it's not their 
privacy, but it's their, um, I guess modesty is their privacy. I guess it is kind of similar. Um, but like what Ronan was saying is the opposite. It's, it's almost like how you're supposed to be private. So you shouldn't face your window towards somebody else's window, not because you're not supposed to look into them, but because you're not supposed to let them look into you, mm -hmm. which is interesting. It's like the opposite. Uh, yeah. Um, so since you, um, uh, so, so the Rambam actually takes this Gemara and, and kind of goes at that privacy argument pretty hard. I mean, he doesn't say it straight, straight out, but he implies it um, through, the, um, through the laws that he makes out of it. Uh, would you read that? Sure. Yeah. There is a shared courtyard which is divided, or there is an optional division, even though there is no physical division, anyone may force their neighbors to build a wall in the middle so that no one can look at the other as they get dressed. For damage of observation is considered damage and has no argument of status quo regarding the courtyard. Rather, even if there had not been a division for many years, he could force his neighbor to build a wall at any time. So. Yeah, the irony of, of the building the wall, getting other people to build the wall for you <laughs> is, is not lost on me, but it was not on purpose. Um, but basically, um, so let's say you have this, this courtyard where you know, you're, you're sharing it, so half of it's yours, half of it's somebody else's. I mean, that probably happens a lot with, in your backyard, right? Like your backyard is probably touching the backyard next to you, right? Yep. So let's say there was no fence there. So according to the Rambam, you could um, ask your neighbor to build that fence for you if it wasn't there already, but it is. Um, and the reason he explains is because damage of observation is considered damage. So this idea of damage of sight um, is, is, is considered damage. Probably you don't just not expand it. The first one's really not expanding it. This is like, even if you have it, you have to fix it. Right, because it needs to be there. You can like force it to be there, um, which is an interesting thing that not only, like I would have thought you have to build it. Right. Right, but you don't, mm -hmm. right? You need to, so like in, in our example, um, like like if you have, if there are already windows facing each other, like I can, I, not only do I, should I maybe close the blinds, but I can also tell my neighbor that they have to close their blinds, mm -hmm. um, which is an interesting thing and I think it kind of like, you see why it's like a, it's pretty strong on the privacy yeah. thing. It's, so yeah, it's more, it's more about the other not looking into yours to the extent that they're creating this. I mean, can't also can force, also it's not necessarily yeah, it's a must, <laughs> it's like you can if you so wish. Right, and I think that's actually an important point. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not... Um, which actually might lead it more to the modesty mm -hmm. side because it's not something you have to tell them to do. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, you know, you have this backyard in the back, you don't have to build a fence, but like you can, and you, you, you can almost force somebody to, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. So like, this is like the main, um, the main sources that deal with this idea of like a, it's seemingly right to privacy mm -hmm. um, because I mean it's it kind of like is broadened when you go like later in like the Shulchan Arach and the Ramah mm -hmm. like the Ramah even says like um, even if it's not customary in that in where you live um, to have 
fences up. You can still force somebody to build the fence. Um, you can, if somebody's living on top of you, um, like if it was an apartment building and there's like balconies and they can see down, you can ask, you can tell them to do the same thing. It's not only in the courtyard, it's, it's like broadened to this like very large um, concept of you can force people to not be able to see into your home, um, which I'm like not sure what that means. It's weird that you wouldn't just be forced to put up a curtain. So you're saying it's almost like it's their fault that they can see you instead of your fault to block them and see you. Know? Right. It was like, it'd be like, oh, wow, I don't want, I want you to put up a wall, but I'm not going to put a curtain. Your... Well, I think, I think um, when we say wall, like, um, like I, I, I don't think you really need to build like a wall wall. Like, I think, I think the idea is you need to build something that will stop you from being able to see through. I think that's a concept, you know, like you know whose responsibility it is to buy blinds. Right? right. But why it's an interesting, like, I think it actually comes up to that, um, to the um, comic that's on the right. Like, you know how he's upset that there's somebody else looking at him, even though he's obviously, he's obviously doing it too. Um, so like, why, why is he allowed to be upset? when it's really the other person that's like that's like the problem mm -hmm. um or it's really him that's the problem yeah. as much as it is them um and i i don't know like any any thoughts i'm not really sure because there's not really um this is like a widespread halacha but there's not really that much like meta halacha on it um which is what we're trying to do like try and understand like what the meaning of this is well, the, the intention here seems to be around modesty, mainly because of the example of getting dressed. Oh, okay, interesting. So, like, when we talk about, like, modesty versus privacy, mm -hmm. like, what's the reason for it? Right. That stuck out at me here. There's also the difference between when a person's getting dressed versus when they're, like, sitting at their table and still it's the same, um, not having the windows. Like, so you mentioned... Um, was it the house you grew up in? Yeah. We had a similar thing, okay. and it constantly came up whenever it was like around that part. Of it. We would talk about how this window, and you know, it was the room we were having our meals, and it was in like someone's private, like changing room. Um, but so I feel like earlier, the tent situation wouldn't refer to any like public space within someone's private home, and then referring to the right. when they're getting dressed, it's more of like a private within. Uh, so it's not even, so you'd be limiting it then. It's not really even, if it's just like a play area outside, mm -hmm. then you, you might, these might not apply maybe. I mean, it seems like all of it applies. They both apply, but there would be possibly different reasons behind it. What do you mean? Like the, the modesty when getting dressed versus privacy in your private home, even if it's like a public group of people within your home. Right. Right, it could be, and I think we might see that as we like go ahead, because mm -hmm. uh, this is like the one that's most on target. But I think there are a lot of other like mm -hmm. rules. There are a lot of other things that um talk like lend itself to this question mm -hmm. of whether or not um of whether or not um there is such a thing as the right to privacy, or maybe there are just halachas of modesty, like mm -hmm. you know, maybe there are just laws of modesty, um that have 
that are like kind of separate from mm -hmm. like a general privacy statute. Right, like a right versus like a modesty ideal. Right. Yeah, exactly. So like, but like in our real life, like these examples, so like if there's a modern Jewish state and they want to like tap everyone's email so that they can like track and find, figure out who's mm -hmm. like, who's a terrorist or whatever. Um, so within, if it's like really a modesty thing, then there's nothing really like, at least there, you can make an argument, I think, that there's no real like inappropriateness just in seeing people's emails, mm -hmm. especially if you're not like reading each one and you're just collecting like large amounts of, amounts of data, but it is, and it is like a look into their home. So like, it depends on how you see this. Right. I feel like it might have some like parallels if you're talking about that, where they would like real, read people's mail. It wasn't there, like a yeah. zero to like, so we're going to get to people, that. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah. that's all the way at the end yeah yeah no i mean we could do it we could oh, it's I, I yeah i was trying to think it sounds just like something around like personal property like is, is I mean, your we privacy can, a property thing let, let's go straight there it i i didn't put these in any specific order um these are it's just in the order that i uh, so number four um the reason why i just picked the wikipedia page is because there's no actual text that says like from rabbi gershon that there were these like laws what that were made that? and they're quoted later in like all these random places that talk mm -hmm. about it but there's no place that actually says like 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 Rabbeinu Gershon said this is the parameters these things it never it yeah. doesn't exist which is just fascinating because it's something we all assume everyone assumes mm -hmm. but like there's no text that says it um so um because he had these like synods that like weren't written down these like conferences um so he is most famous for the conference he called at, a, at around a thousand um at the year a thousand in which he instituted various laws and bans including prohibiting polygamy requiring the consent of both parties to a divorce modifying the rules concerning those who became apostates under consult uh, under compulsion and prohibiting the opening of correspondence addressed to someone else so one of these takanot that he made, one of these laws that he made, was that you're not allowed to open other people's mail, basically. Um, and the question, the same question I think we can ask is, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't, especially considering maybe putting them with the other things, but like, why not? Like, why can't you, um, why can't you open somebody else's mail? Privacy, right? Something that's addressed to them that is intended just for them to see. Right. So I think that's definitely one answer, right? Mm -hmm. There is a right, according to Rabina Gershon, there's a right to privacy, mm -hmm. and one way you're invading somebody's privacy is you're opening their mail. Mm -hmm. So I think there are other ways to read this, though. Right. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's, it's my field, it's like a fascinating concept where, in the sense of something like somebody, say, for example, hacks you but doesn't cause you harm. <laughs> Like, does it require, that's kind of like the same thing, you yeah. know, where is harm required or is the fact that they've done something and looked at your stuff, even though it doesn't cause you harm, is that in and of itself a bad thing? Right. I mean, it's similar. And I think Rabbeinu Gershom would say yeah. hacking somebody's Gmail is also because of this takana. Not because... Like, they, I think you could say that for Not because it caused you harm, but because they've read your email. Right. Because they, they, they opened up... They saw things they shouldn't have said. They opened up your correspondence. It's interesting. The problem is, where right. does that end? So the reason why I think this gets a little more complicated, um, this one's in particular, um, because um, these 
most of the Takano Rabbeinu Gershon are usually understood is um, that he's making he's making laws that um, that the non-Jews around him were doing and the Jews and he thought were like positive developments that the non-Jews around them were doing and how the Jews would seem like kind of immoral if they didn't have these laws written down and the non-Jews did. So like the the most famous one is the polygamy one. So like if all the non-Jews around him were have were, were monogamous and the Jews weren't, it just seems like the Jews aren't like being like as as like moral and ethical as like non-Jews around them and therefore it's almost you you just ban it um and so and same thing with requiring consent um, for both parties for divorce I'm not sure about the modifying the rules um about apostates about under under compulsion but because of those like that's usually how the polygamy one is understood so I could imagine us just reading that into prohibiting the opening of correspondence Rabbeinu Gershon isn't saying that, oh, there's a right to privacy, maybe, at least. He might be saying there's a right to privacy, but he might be saying the non-Jews think there's a right to privacy, so we can't, like, and that seems like a good thing, so we can't, like, just, like, forget about it. We can't, like, do this thing that seems bad, because they'll think we're not good people, and we need to be, like, a light onto the nations. Um, part of why that's confusing for me, so I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure if Rabina Gershon thinks Those there is. It makes it seem like that wasn't the rule beforehand and he had to add that. Oh, it wasn't interesting. Assumed. Yeah, that it wasn't right. assumed that you had the right to not have your email read. Right. Even though they sent messages beforehand. Weren't a lot of messages said that they were like read by other people out loud rather than... Were like, did people read? Yeah. It was also sent messages and yeah. letters from Yosef to his father. Those right, but I wonder if it was so they common. Were sealed. Like they were sealed when they arrived. Or were they just scrolls? I, I know the Romans did, like but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly. I yeah, guess so. Gershon's after the Romans. The Romans definitely sent mail yeah. letters back and forth. Received. Right. At this point, people, but I wonder like, if before. They had encryption back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why that one I'm still not sure about. That's why all these I'm not sure about. That's, that's why... That's why it's um, that's why I want to talk it through because I'm not even sure really what the answer is. Um, so let's go let's go back to um, to like number two going into somebody's house, uh, going into somebody's home. Um, so these are pesukim um, that are brought down in the Mishnah as halacha. Um, so it's it's in it's in Dvarim, that when you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, do not go into their house to get what is offered for you as a pledge. So if you somebody owes you money. You're not allowed to go into their property in order to get that money from you. So like, uh, yeah, like exactly. You can't, yeah, you basically, you can't be a repo man and stay outside and let the neighbor to whom you are making the loan, bring the pledge out to you. You're not allowed to go get it. He has to bring it out or they, they have to bring it out to you. And the Mishnah, um, um, goes even further um, that I don't have here and says, um, that, even the court isn't allowed to do that. So the court isn't even allowed to send repo men. Um, they need to kind of wait outside until you come out in order to bring it to you. Um, so I don't know. Does that fit? It doesn't seem like privacy. It seems to me like, like don't bully someone. Like make your presence you know, more formalized than it needs to be. Oh, I see. Like Interesting. I don't, I don't know if the, the reason behind it is clear-cut like right. privacy black and white right so the reason i thought it was maybe 
um, is because this this halacha of like not going into people's houses is like broader than just this case. So and that's the gemara I have here, the the Talmud and Pesachim, um, where one of the things Rabbi Kiva tells his son is you don't enter somebody's house without knocking, basically, because um, you know you don't know if they don't want you to see what's inside. So you can't just like, you know, you always knock, you always ring the doorbell. Right, you don't do, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why, you see what I mean? Like that's why it fits in with this like kind of idea of like the home being somewhere you don't go into somebody else's house without them letting you in, without them telling you. Um, that was a little bit trickier just because I feel like that's once again like private property. But it's interesting because it's just seeing what's inside your home that you're worried about. Right. But it doesn't say that. It could just be about property in general. Like, this is my space. You have no right to enter. Like, it's trespassing, not privacy necessarily. Uh, so, similar. So, yeah. It could. Interesting. But. Is trespassing yeah. a subcategory of privacy? Right. That's what I was thinking. It might be. Maybe. Like, here, the worry is that people will. You'll see something. Not mm -hmm. that you're, like, not allowed to be there, but you're not allowed to be there because of what you might see. Really not. It's not a matter of physically being in space, but rather whatever you can see, what you're standing over, right. even if you were outside, right? Like the binoculars. The binoculars. Yeah, exactly. Right. I wonder if, like, Rabbi Akiva would say the same thing, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know if they had binoculars back then. I don't know. Me neither. Like, wait, some type of magnifying glass. I don't know. Um, but also, earlier you mentioned hacking emails. Yeah. So in terms of applying this to like modern times, we're all hacking someone's video cameras, right? Where people have those right. security systems, which is like a direct Very creepy. Don't, don't have any of those. <laughs> don't have, I mean like, I've worked places. security, they're terrible. Yeah. yeah. And you know, workplaces that have like all those. Um, yeah. So oh, that's that. another interesting part. So I don't know. That, that's what yeah. we're asking. Mm -hmm. these, these like, um, this halakha like hasn't been written yet. That's why the, there, there aren't like the, the, the response on this topic yet. There probably will be in 10 years from now. Uh -huh. But that's why, kind of that's why I'm going like to primary sources. Because like we could write this. I'm not sure what the answer is here. Like, like Ramosha doesn't have a chuva on... Am I allowed to hack? I mean, I think we could all assume it's not to hack right. other people. But, like, um, am I allowed to read somebody's email? Like, is it the same as, like, what Robina Gershon is saying? I'm not sure. And no one's really written on that question yet. That's kind of like, At least not that like I know the basic of. idea, though. If you break into somebody's house, might be. don't steal anything, but just look through all their stuff. Right. Have you committed a crime according to Judy's? So it seems, I mean, it seems like certainly based on Hezekiah you have. Yes. It's, mm, I think... One could be like physical presence has to do with property. The video camera example, like hacking that, that seems like a clear cut privacy because there's not someone in your home, but they're in your footage and they can see you. Right. But then it's like if a stranger comes in and there's like some strange dude in my house, like I don't feel safe or protected. Right. Uh, I bed. Right. So that's like more about the physical presence of physical property. It's like stealing almost. So it's like, 
yeah. the fact that they're singing and right. the fact so that they're right. in like the physical presence they could do both. They could mm -hmm. just be in my space, but it's mine or you know, I want it to be a safe place. Yeah. For like people who are welcome. Right. But the video camera, they're not actually there. So that's clear cut privacy. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're subtle. It is subtle. Yeah. So that kind of would be more relevant to the like the first case of the Hezekiah stuff and less relevant maybe to the coming into somebody's home. Interesting. Um, so another another time where I thought this came up was with Torah scholars. Um, one um, note about this is this source has been kind of abused in modern times um, because this source kind of says that if I mean, doesn't say it doesn't kind of say it says um, that if like a Torah scholar does something wrong, you shouldn't tell people about it. Um, understand very clearly if 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 a Torah scholar does something that is like illegal, people should know about it. Like I I don't, I don't think that this is what that this is what's being talked about. Um, I think it's much more it's it's more like subtle scandals that aren't real scandals, like not. Like, you're not person. if somebody's hurting somebody, not if somebody's abusing somebody, not if, um, like, that stuff is, like, not at all what this Gemara would be talking about. <laughs> but this Gemara is more talking about if, if um, um, like, the type of scandals that presidents get in, or, you know, that presidents get into, or, like... Um, like evading taxes versus... Uh, I wouldn't even... I may not even go that far. I mean, like, making an inappropriate joke one time, or, like, um, or, like... Um, you know, doing something by accident that they didn't mean to, you know, like the type of scandals that come out during a presidential election, like that type of stuff, um, okay. for the most part. Yeah, fair. Um, okay, so let's read it, though. Um, so said Rafuna, um, at one of the conferences at Usha, they made a regulation that if the Av Basin committed an offense, he was not to be separated, he was not to lose his job, but somebody was to tell him, save your dignity and remain at home. So he was like supposed to quit instead of getting fired. Um, should he again offend, they separate him. So if he does it again, after he's been told like, this is something you can't do, then he gets fired um, because otherwise it would be a Hashem. It would be a profanation of the name of God. And this is against what Reish Lakish said. Um, for Reish Lakish said, if a scholar disciple has committed an offense, Deed, they do not separate him publicly ever. Um, so basically, there's this machloka. Um, it seems like Torah scholars get this like one, like get a second chance according to everyone. Um, but there's this machloka whether or not like after their second chance, on their second chance, do they like just get fired and embarrassed, or do they not get fired and embarrassed? Um, so I was thinking that kind of like that Torah scholars enjoy this like higher level of privacy mm -hmm. that um, that they have this like higher right to um, not have people know of the things they do wrong than necessarily everyone else does. Um, the thing is, um, is that um, the next Gemara in Brachot um, seems to imply very, very much the opposite. Um, that Torah scholars not only don't get this like supreme right they lose to privacy but they somewhat lose their right to privacy completely um can somebody read this sure. it has been taught where you keep us said once i went in after every joshua to a privy and to I, learned, 
I learned from him three things. I learned that one does not sit east and west, but north and south. I learned that one evacuates not standing but sitting. And I learned that it is proper to wait with the left hand and not with the right. Okay, that's specific. Yeah. Said Ben As... What is that in Hebrew? Ben Azai. Ben Azai to yeah. him. Did you dare to take such liberties with your master? He replied, it was a matter of Torah, and I required to learn. Okay, so like... He literally follows him into the bathroom, like learns how he wipes himself. And then, yeah, right? Like yeah. really awkward. Um, and <laughs> Ben Azai kind of calls him out, like, how can you do that? Like, that's so awkward. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh no, this is like even how he goes to the bathroom is Torah and I'm required to learn it. Um, and then it tells the the next story is a very similar story um, that you might have heard of before that Rifkana once went in and hid under Rapuna's bed and it's the same thing he's asked like is that not like completely inappropriate and he replies it's a matter of Torah and I require to learn so on some level like this like Rapuna like loses as a scholar he like loses his privacy because how he functions um becomes like a matter of Torah so I don't know, I was like, interesting, like, Benazai assumes, like, no, you can't follow anyone into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not appropriate to follow somebody in the bathroom. And then the answer is only because he's a Torah scholar is it okay. So it's kind of like the opposite of the first one. Like, the first one seems to imply that um, Torah scholars get, like, have a right to privacy in a way that we don't, like, regular, regular people don't. Um, and the second one seems to imply that regular people have a right to privacy. You can't fall into somebody's bedroom. You can't go into somebody's, into the bathroom with somebody. But for Torah scholars, you can. Right, for someone who's teaching Torah, anything that they're doing is falls right. the category of teaching. And then they have no level no of privacy. But it, but it implies that everyone does. It's like the public figure rule. Right? Yeah. Like, what's your public figure? You have no right to privacy. <laughs> right. It shares the defense, but it doesn't say the that's acceptable. Just so, right. It, it does end there. Does that imply that? Because it ends there, cool. it seems to imply that it makes sense. But, I, I mean, no one should do this, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. Um, but, but like, it seems, yeah, it seems to imply that, like, the Gemara seems to the side with Benazai. The concerning just because they used to be public bathhouses. The bedroom is much more. Meow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, because, like, if you're reading that to you yourself, have, I'm you not this, sure about that euphemism. There's like a euphemism no, I'm saying, but you, I don't really you understand. You hear all the I'm stories sure. about like Ruvain moving his father's bed and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Literally like, why are you getting involved in this stuff? This is none of your business. Right. So, again, I'm kind of not sure. Like, is there a right to privacy? Um, it, it, in the Brockle one, it seems like there's an assumed right to privacy, but Torah scholars lose it. And in the first one, it, there seems like there's not an assumed right to privacy when you do something wrong, but Torah scholars get it. Mm -hmm. um, so any thoughts about that? I don't know. Just reminded me of our class last time, the airing of grievances. Yeah. In Seinfeld, yeah. <laughs> Can you share the things that are, people do that are bad? Right. I guess, I wonder if any of this goes into like Lashon Hara, where it's like sort of a reverse of Lashon Hara, where you're not even allowed to know the things that are bad about somebody, let alone say them, kind of thing. Right. So I think this is relevant to the Lashon Hara discussion, and actually is relevant to, um, to 
to like what we talked about in the first class that we did actually on Lashonara. Um, and, um, and I think that'll, we can come back to that. Um, yeah. Um, so the fifth part that I thought was relevant was confidentiality. Um, there's this assumed law that um, if you tell somebody something and you don't want them to tell that to other people, they shouldn't. Um, this is just one Gemara, I was running out of space. But there are a bunch of these type of things that how do we know when a person tells something to his friend, the latter may not repeat it until the person says to him, go and say, as written and God spoke to Moses from the tent of meaning to say. So if, if God only tells Moshe things to say to the Jew, Jewish people, um, then assumingly Moshe wasn't allowed to say it unless it was told to say it. Um, so we learn from that, um, that if you're not supposed to just like repeat things from other people, unless like you know that it's okay, which seems again to be this like privacy type of thing. Um, so I, I like, there are more sources that we could have gone into, but like these seem to be like all the main ideas. Um, so at this point, like, what do you think? Like, is there this, is there this right? Like, cause it seems like as Sam said that the right to privacy like lives in these passages. Right. Um, I think the strongest one is the whole Rabbi Gershon. Rabbi Gershon. Okay. All the other ones aren't very clear about what the damage is. Like, but what else would the damage be? Like, what else would the damage be if you can see into somebody else's courtyard? I don't know, maybe like stealing knowledge that they have that they haven't shared on purpose. Right, but that's... Yeah, but I mean, the idea of Gnei Vastas is kind of like that somebody else has a has a right to their information, has a right to their to their knowledge, has a right to themselves. Her mom's really into like copyright and when Jews became like... Plagiarism, right. that kind of stuff. But I'm yeah. trying to think if there's any. Because Definitely relevant. Because usually how you do it in U.S. laws, you have to find out okay what is the harm that you caused, and then from there you can gauge okay how bad it was, and what right. are the sort of crimes and what, what's the but punishment like, for it. But like let's say you take somebody's diary that they weren't going to publish and you publish it, right? So it's not just the stealing, but it's also like taking something that was private from somebody and. Um, and making it public. And that's the... Um, I wonder how I would go for information that people don't want to share. But specifically share sort of the other same thing, the and Heart kind of thing. Right. Where, like, you don't want this information to be public in this show. Like, he doesn't want this information. Or maybe it's not something he wants to take as a public stance. Right. But he still believes it and is it considered as private information that... He never published it under his name. What's your purpose in bringing that out to light? Right, and even in, in the show, like, the judge isn't saying that people don't, um, shouldn't be able to be private. He just says, he just thinks that, like, the law doesn't, doesn't protect it. Yeah. So he, like, would say people should let people be private, mm -hmm. but, like, he's not, like, there's not, like, a, he can't enforce it. I think the same thing applies here because, like, we interpret it as this larger theme of privacy that's inherent in specific laws. Like, don't look in the tent, don't build your window like this, don't open someone's mail. Right. But there's no, like, you know, halakhic right to privacy. Right, but when you... It's, 
so yeah see it together like what does that mean right. maybe so, so but could it be yeah. could the rationale be modesty or trespassing or something right else? so it's what rosalvechik does like a lot is he like he like looks at different halakha and he like gets a philosophy out of the halakha it's like the right. brisker method basically you get a philosophy out of the halakha and then you apply that to other things so like right. that type of view you'd extract a right to privacy from all these halakha and then apply right. it to other things to that's like perhaps maybe I and mean, maybe he'd read all these and say no there isn't i don't know I, i'm not going to say or Soloveitchik would have thought but like that's what like at least like um a view of halakhic thought would say that sh that it lives in these like implied, implied and thing. you can like take it out and you can say oh there is this thing mm -hmm. uh maybe but you could also say it's not implied right i mean also the right to privacy is like a modern day term so it would require right translating somewhere right it's kind of interpreting yeah. something along the lines no it's a tricky part though privacy concept isn't a new one. You mentioned like mail or sending letters. It's not something new, so you'd think there'd be more written about it. Like right. Not invading other people's no, space. But I think I think you're right. I think on some level, like it doesn't talk, halakha doesn't talk in those terms. Mm -hmm. Like it talks in terms of obligations, right? So like somebody is obligated, are they obligated to build this wall or not? The question isn't, does the person have a right to keep themselves private? The question is, does somebody have an obligation to let and them be because private? because of the right that they have the obligation. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, also, the assumption is that people reading this are concerned about the halakha and that they're following halakha. Right. Sure. Um, so I think there's also a gap between saying, you know, these are the halakhas we live by versus saying, um, oh, it's because you have the right to privacy, your space shouldn't be invaded, and therefore we set up all these halakhas for that. Right, but what I'm saying kind of like, after all these have all these obligations have been written down, all these laws have been written down, like, at least this happens a lot, where, where later rabbis then extract an idea from right. it and say, oh, this idea has always been around, it was just never written down. Mm -hmm. So, like, we could say that, or maybe not. And I think Kira wants to say not. I'm not sure. I don't know. It sounds like you, you want to say not. It's not black and white. Yeah, I know. I'm not even sure. I don't know what's um, I mean, my thinking is that it seems like there is a right to privacy, um, but like it's not a, it's not like a, a full-blown right. Mm -hmm. Like it's a right, but like unless there's another thing that's more important. Um, like yeah, depending on the context. I mean, like, Modesty's involved or not, or yeah, like like there's this right that you can make somebody build a wall, but like there isn't this right if like I need to learn Torah because of it, mm -hmm. or there isn't this right if like maybe I don't know. So like it could uh, it could imply like for instance uh, for instance with the like the government checking your emails, mm -hmm. like if they have a real thought that maybe this person is a threat then they might be able to because mm -hmm. sure there's this right to assumed right to privacy but it's not like a full-blown like for sure no matter what, no matter what right mm -hmm. it's like a an assumed there's like an assumed baseline of privacy but like not a uh 
not like a constitutional right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, that's what yeah. I'm feeling, but I'm not sure. I think what also colors this for me is that, like, the text aside, privacy seems like a Jewish value, like something that you grow up with, and whether or not it's infused in, like, the country where we live and our culture here, but it seems like a what do you mean by like that? a Jewish value. Like what, what? Like in the same way that you have like modesty, but like not not on a halachic basis, like a cultural thing. But it's it's like it seems like right. But it's normally talked about as like you keeping yourself private, right? Maybe. Or is it? Or do you think it's also about like other that's people? Like the general right, like. Like modesty, then. I mean, like I if you ask someone on the street, like, oh, do you think, like, Jewish people believe in the right to privacy? I'd say yes. So that sort of shapes my... Right. But why... I'm, I'm trying why. to figure out why, why... I thought that, too. I think modesty is a big part of it. Right. I mean, I still think where we started off is about really not looking into other people's homes yeah. rather than not letting anyone look into it. So that's, that's how I view that starting point. Right. Um, you can see some ways to distill it, like jealousy, you know, you have the same thing, so you invite somebody into your house, but they're still even when they're in your house, do you want them to go everywhere in your house? Is there still some sort of, <laughs> it goes back to that same concept of right. what is considered a social norm and what's actually a lot of So, because I, I had the, I wasn't sure actually, when we started, like, when I was starting putting this together, like, I was torn between, I, like, wanted to feel like there would be a right to privacy, but I also thought maybe you, I don't have a right to privacy, but everyone else has an obligation to keep my privacy. Hmm. He's like flipped. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure this really plays that out. Um, I mean, I was thinking that might be what damage of sight is. That's why I can force somebody else to build a wall right. because they have an obligation to protect my privacy, not because I have a right, but because they have an obligation. If that makes sense. Right. It ends up being the yeah. same, but the question, but that changes things, I think. Right. Um, um, you know, I think that changes things, um, like in our modern examples, like of whether or not, like if you have a greater obligation, perhaps that this obligation of keeping somebody's privacy goes away. But if somebody has a right to privacy, maybe it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't, like that's, I think that changes things. Um, so based on this, um, I just want to watch the end of the episode um, and see how the, there's like five minutes left here, um, and then we'll wrap it up. In 
all know you need me as much as I need you. I read the same polling information you do. Seven to ten point bump. Ninety votes. Unanimous out of committee. I was courted. Now you have me taken to school by some kid. <laughs> that Sam is young drives me nuts too, but he took you out for a ride, sir, because that's what I told him to do. I am an extremely well-credentialed man, Mr. President. And I am unaccustomed to this sort of questioning. I understand, Peyton. Could you give us a little time, please? We'll make you comfortable while you're waiting. Certainly. Thank you. Put him on a bus. That's a guaranteed confirmation we're sending out the door based on a 30-year-old piece of paper, which, by the way, no one will ever know about but us. You don't think the guy that called Sam would know how to call a senator's office? Mr. President, if this is really about abortion, he already told us about abortion. It's about the next 20 years. 20s and 30s, it was the role of government. 50s and 60s, it was civil rights. The next two decades are going to be privacy. I'm talking about the Internet. I'm talking about cell phones. I'm talking about health records and who's gay and who's not. In a country born on the will to be free, what could be more fundamental than this? Toby. Let's meet Mendoza. Yes, sir. I'll bet it has. You have any more questions, Sam? No, sir. Have one, sir. Let me say this is not an easy commission to get appointed to. <laughs> Judge. Without knowing details or special circumstances, what would you say of someone being fired for refusing to take a drug test at the order of the president? Without details or special circumstances? Yes, sir. Without showing cause, I would say that the order constitutes an illegal search. And I would order that the employee be reinstated. Toby? It's old? Judge Mendoza, would it surprise you to learn that for the past few months your name has been on a short list of candidates for the bench? Yes, Mr. President. Well, then this is going to knock your socks off. Tomorrow evening at 5 o'clock, I am naming you as my nominee to be the next Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. You were not the first choice, but you are the last one and the right one. you accept the nomination? With honor. Good. Thank you. Sam and Toby will be in charge of your confirmation. Congratulations. Thank you. It's going to be an excruciating battle, Mr. Justice, but one I have no intention to lose. What do you say, Leo? You up for a good fight? I believe I have one in me, yes, sir. Let the good fight begin. So it, the last question Judge Mendoza has asked is, like, somebody 
somebody's asked, because that's the other side of the episode mm -hmm. that that I cut out, because it was just for that one line. I'm not going to, we're not necessarily need to watch 20 minutes. Um, but the other side of the episode is about, like, whether or not people should get, in the White House, should get um, drug tested. So he's asked, like, if somebody's drug tested and gets fired, what what do you say? So he says, like, it's an illegal search, which is essentially saying, like, they have a right to privacy of whether or not they do drugs. Mm -hmm. So they should be reinstated because they have that right and you went against that right. Um, which is like how those two sides of the episode tie in. Um, but I thought it was interesting now that I'm thinking about it because it kind of like is relevant to that Zechariah thing. Because like um, they're not allowed to search. You're not allowed to search somebody's house or you're not allowed to go into somebody's house to get a debt because um, it's an illegal search. Because, but like... He doesn't use the privacy words, though, mm -hmm. which is interesting. No. You know what I mean? It doesn't tie back to the, what they were talking about, the other... Right, well, I mean, I think they think it is. Mm -hmm. I think they, they think it is, and I think I think the, idea, the show is trying to make you think that it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I assume they know Judge Mendoza right. believes in a right to privacy, otherwise the whole episode doesn't make sense. Right. Um, but... Um, but it's more about privacy protection, right? Like, that's really the issue. Like, is somebody protected? Is somebody's privacy being protected? That's really the question, and not whether or not somebody has a right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I called it, the, it's called the right to privacy, but it's not, it's not really the question. The question is whether or not somebody's protected. Under the law, right? Yeah, and I think these halakhot these show that. Mm -hmm. I think somebody's privacy is protected. Yeah. I'm, not sure, I'm not positive, though. Like certain perspectives of privacy are protected. Like privacy for like modesty, privacy for like communications. Those are the ones that they've called out. They right. It's not all elements. It's not enumerated, like as a. And the big thing was could you could you sue for damages if they suddenly took away those privacy protections? It's kind of where I would be interested to right. see it. The reverse. So they if they cause damage to you. I mean, I think that's what it is. Like, Hezekria is Hezek. Yeah. Like that it's damage. I'm not sure how they, uh, we, we, that's, that's a whole, like, different, more complicated share, like, how they assess that damage. I have no idea, but, um, but it's considered damages. Um, and so I think it's, like, an illegal search. And so, therefore, um, that person should be reinstated because... Although, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So that, that's all I had. Um, Pick up tricky subjects. Yeah. I mean, I saw this West Wing episode. I was like, this is perfect. It's such a good, and it's good for this weekend because <laughs> yeah. it's like relevant to yeah. inauguration. And, and my job, there's this really famous court case, um, a company that had credit cards stolen from them. So they made a 